Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Yanni Huffnagel of Lemon Perfect, organic cold-pressed lemon water that's packed with all natural flavor and super fruit benefits. From coaching collegiate basketball to launching a business, Yanni shares a unique journey that led to the introduction of Lemon Perfect. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Yanni Huffnagel of Lemon Perfect. Yanni, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Cameron. Of course. So I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, where did you grow up and what would you say your childhood was like? I grew up in Scarsdale, New York, Westchester County. And uh, um, my, uh, my, my, my childhood, I guess I would say, was a really good one. Um, uh, a lot of dear friends that have, have powered Lemon Perfect um, yeah, to this day. And uh, uh, really uh, close relationship with my two younger brothers and uh, a mom and dad that that have uh, continued to uh, provide in, the, in a big way for me and, and, and place bets along the way. Amazing. Would you say that you had an entrepreneurial mindset, uh, say lemonade stands, early day of lemonade or selling any products, anything like that? You know what? You know what? I, so I, I'll answer that question in, the, in a little bit of a different way. So I, 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 uh, started gambling pretty early in high school, to be honest. And so it actually, if you look at, if you look at the, the research on, on entrepreneurs, you're going to find a through line to early gambling, uh, in high school. Uh, and, and I'm no different. I, I, um, I was, uh, my junior and senior year of high school, I'd carry around the, uh, uh, a portable blackjack setup. And, uh, instead of, drinking beer on Friday and Saturday night, I'd pull out the blackjack table. So, uh, yeah. And I, I, we carried that through to college. So the answer is, I think I've had a entrepreneurial mindset in some ways from the beginning. I, you know, I went to high school kind of in the, in the early days of, of the dot-com, uh, 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 you know, kind of gold mining, if you will. And so I bought some domain names early on and, and sold all of them too early. But uh, um, yeah, I think I've always been uh, a hustler at heart. Definitely. So I saw you went on to study at uh, Cornell. What did you end up studying there and why did you choose this institution? Uh, I was in the School of Industrial and Labor Relations because I felt like that was the one school that was gonna take me or gave me the best chance to get in, to be honest. I think that was, that's probably <laughs> the truth. Um, you know, uh, it was also it was also the the only school within Cornell, or the only college within Cornell uh, that had an interview process. And my grades were average, but I thought I could get them with a good interview. And sure enough, yeah. I think the interview was what propelled me to get in. <laughs> Amazing! I saw in your early days of your resume that you had a, a lot of experience in professional or college uh, basketball coaching. Did you have any athletic time at Cornell, or what did that look like for you as well? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, I played lacrosse in, in high school, um, which ultimately led me to Penn State. So I started my career at Penn State, uh, played lacrosse there for a year. And then when I transferred to Cornell, um, I was in the weight room and I came, uh, I walked into or met one of the assistant basketball coaches. Um, and uh, we got to talking and he said, my God, uh, your love of basketball is fantastic. And, you know, we're looking for managers. Would you be interested in, in joining us? 
Uh, and it was at the very, you know, kind of nascent stages of Cornell's rise in the Ivy League, early 2000s. Steve Donahue had just taken the job there. And uh, a few weeks later, I was, uh, I traded in my lacrosse stick for mopping sweat off the floor. And, and that, you know, that pivot was one of seemingly many pivots along the way, but probably the most important one, right? Because yeah. it exposed me to a world uh, of basketball and eventually, you know, the NBA and college basketball that has, has really fueled the journey of, of, of my life. Definitely. I saw that one of your early experiences was actually coaching at Harvard. And in this time frame, you were getting your master's degree too. Uh, what did this period of your life look like when you're pursuing your master's, you're going into collegiate coaching as well? What did that period look like for you managing your time? Well, there wasn't a lot of it. Um, we had, so this was before the, the Harvard gym uh, was, was redone. And uh, there was a little locker room it might have been 100 square feet and it was for the officials for them to change in uh uh before you know during before games before and after games and um i actually bought a little twin mattress that i put in, in this like 100 square foot smelly old locker room and i lived at the office for like a year um that's that's the that's the truth right uh cameron that was one of the first like investments of just my time that I made, uh, at the expense of, of, you know, um, social activities and, and so forth. Right. But I was just at that, you know, I, I wanted to, so I left Oklahoma before I finished my master's, I really wanted to, to get it done. So, you know, uh, that was an incredible struggle to take online classes that were intense. And at the same time, you know, go coach college basketball, right. As a full-time assistant. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I had an apartment, but I didn't go home much. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I remember buying a little twin mattress and a, uh, a, a pillow that I never even put a pillowcase on a little blanket from target. And that's what I had for a year. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. So where, where were you housing that pillow and blanket and how was that allowed? Was that at Harvard as well? Yeah. Well, what happened was is I, I, I kept it under wraps for a while. And the only person that knew was Nick, the janitor. Um, <laughs> that's the truth, man. The only person that knew was Nick, the janitor. And then they, they actually caught on and they were like, Yanni, you got to go home at night. So I actually moved my stuff up to like this perch where they would broadcast the games. Uh, so I actually, I, I did, I had to pivot, but, but, uh, you know, look, I, I, I think, um, when you want something, you just got to figure out how to go get it. And, Definitely. you know, Coach Amaker took an incredible chance on me, um, having no experience besides my two years at Oklahoma as a graduate assistant. And I just wanted to work for him. I wanted to work for other assistants. I wanted to work for Harvard and for the program. And um, it ended up, you know, paying off. But th listen, in, in any journey, there's going to be sacrifice, right? And, yeah. and, and for me, it was those first couple of years at Harvard and then the first couple of years of Lemon Perfect. Definitely. So getting into Lemon Perfect in 2017, you're coming off this resume of collegiate basketball, and I'm sure hydration has a strong part of that uh, inspiration. What inspired you to get into Better For You Lemon Water and create Lemon Perfect then? Insanity, I think. Um, you know, uh, my last year I was coaching at the University of Nevada in Reno, and um, a friend of mine wrote a book on the ketogenic diet. 
Um, and, and in the back of, of Matt's book were all these, these sample meal plans, right? And every day started by drinking organic lemon water. And I was searching a little bit, you know, for some structure around my diet, some structure around my, my workout plan. And, uh, I said, Matt, I'm in A through Z, let's do this. And, and so what happened with lemon water in the morning, organic lemon water in the morning, uh, became a non-negotiable part of, of my daily routine, right? In the back of, mm. of Matt's book were all these sample meal plans and every day started by, by drinking organic lemon water. Yeah. Um, and you know, Cameron, I, I hated it, right? Buy an organic lemon, cut the lemon, squeeze the lemon juice all over, bland taste. I mean, most mornings I just threw my hands up in the air and I said, Shh, like, there's gotta be a better way here, but I stuck with it and I felt great. Um, mm -hmm. And fast forward towards the end of the season, I'm in the video room, which was next to our locker room. And I look around and all of our, all of our coaches and players are drinking by. Um, and this is, this is the first quarter of 2017. So this is really at the, at the, um, the pinnacle of buys growth story. And uh, I said, hold on, can we take organic lemon water and give it the flavor profile of buy? And Cameron, that seed, you know, this idea of great flavor that's also good for you has been the bedrock of Lemon Perfect from day one. And it's not like I sprinted out of the locker room, you know, with games to play and said, I'm going to go start a beverage brand. I, not yeah. at all. Um, you know, the season ended. We, we lost to Iowa State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And, and I was maybe a week after I was in Los Angeles having lunch with a friend. And I was just, I, John, what do you think of this idea? And he's very entrepreneurial. And he said, I love it. Anything that you can build that can capture a piece of someone's daily routine, what they do in the morning when they first get up, what they do at night when they go to sleep, or any point B, C, D, E in between is worth going for. And I said, my God, I jumped up. And all I knew, right, was organic lemon water in the morning. I mean, I just thought of it. I said, John. We're gonna go. We're gonna go win the morning. This is everyone is gonna start their day with this. And yeah. that night, I googled how to start a beverage company. I mean, that is wow. the, that is the that's the story. And from that night on, John's couch on, um, you know, uh, I I have just put one foot in front of the other and believed in what we can build. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far around Yanni's entrepreneurial journey. I'd like to pause and say thank you to this episode's mid-break sponsor, Gita Home. Gita Home is devoted to creating visually stunning furniture with a minimalist style at a very affordable price point. I highly recommend Gita Home if you're looking for a new desk, any new living room furniture, coffee tables, side tables, etc. Gita Home offers a very extensive array of products at a very affordable cost compared to any competitor in their field. So make sure to check them out for yourself at yidahome.com. That's yidahome.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. Without any prior experience, especially direct to consumer and all this coaching experience prior, what were those first steps in producing your first product? Say the R&D process, what did that prototyping process look like? You're already making lemon water yourself, but what did that look like to commercialize it then? It's a, it's a great question. A lot of pain and suffering, I can tell you that. A lot of dark moments. Um, you know, Google was my friend, and so was just tuning the world out, sitting down in front of a computer and figuring this thing out. I mean, I moved back in with my mom and dad, so that's a really sobering yeah. moment, right? Because 
I, I didn't save a lot of money coaching college basketball. So I, I moved back in with like $50,000 in my bank account. Um, and I said, I'm going to put all of this money towards R and D and, and figuring this thing out, packaging design, right? The IP, the early IP protection, yep. incorporating the right? All, and so I, there wasn't a lot of money left over for rent. Uh, so I moved back to New York from Reno with my mom and dad, right? And at 36 years old, that's a tough moment. But I just believed in this, right? I believed in it enough after I tried the product for the first time. Uh, yeah, I, I got connected with a, a, a beverage development lab through Google. Um, and, um, you know, once I tried the product for the first time, the original samples, was August 28, 2017. I knew there was magic inside the bottle. Like that I knew. And I've always said from day one, like it has to taste good. Yeah. Nothing else matters if what's inside the vessel doesn't allow people to keep coming back. And so, so um, that's how it started. And then, uh, you know, Cameron, it was like, okay, well, we got the product. Then what do we do? Well, then I had to figure out, well, what does the bottle look like? Right. So, you know, we, 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 we took a few passes at that and, um, you know, then I was out of the $50,000. I said, Oh no, this is not good. You know, it's either like start putting money on American express or, yeah. or raise some money. And, so I went to one of my friends in VC and I said, uh, uh, you know, what do, what do we do here? He said, are you a LLC or a Delaware C? I said, a what or a what? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's the truth, yeah. right? And then he said, I said, I don't know. And, 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 and uh, he said, well, you should, it'd probably be a little bit easier to raise capital as a, as a C corp. And so I said, okay, that, that sounds, you know, but I said, let me just double. So I actually Googled another, startup attorney san francisco because i figured you know what there's going to be someone out there that knows what they're doing and so yeah. that led me to our we still have you know our commercial transactions are still done by that same firm and, and wow. they've been great and, and then you know uh they, they said well we're going to raise you know your first instrument will be a a, a convertible note i said a, a convertible what you know and and so <laughs> um but uh but yeah cameron we 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 ended up raising right away just on the strength of the taste of the product alone. And I think, I guess my ability to storytell and a story of big Tam, uh, we raised over a million dollars. We raised $1.2 wow. million. Um, and it was, you know, the smallest check was $5,000. We had four $100,000 checks, which for me at the time, I was like, you know, I was like, my God. And, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's just, it's fun for me to see now, on that original, you know, for that original group, almost a seven X markup, you know, call it three wow. years later. Incredible. So I'm curious at launch then, uh, you guys have numerous SKUs and uh, flavors today. What were those first vital flavors? Was it that one first lemon flavor that you launched with? Yeah, great question. Um, so I was fortunate enough that early on, uh, I met um, a, a couple of, they soon became advisors for us. Uh, in essence, a, a beverage incubator um, in mm. Southern California, uh, uh, Dan Morad and Robert Alshuler. And I walked in with just the one product. I mean, Lemon Perfect was what our Just Lemon is today. There was no multiple skew environment, right? Yeah. And, and um, you know, so what happened was, was you know, I, I was told, you can't just launch with just one flavor, one skew. It'll get lost on the shelf. You have yeah. to build a, a presence. If you're going to present, you know, Lemon Perfect, 
to a retailer, you should present three or four SKUs. Yep. So I didn't even know what a SKU was, to be honest, right? Like, like uh, uh, we, 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 have, uh, we have a very prominent investor um, uh, and uh, who's in the beverage world. And he actually early on said, you know, are you going to build a multiple SKU environment? I said a multiple what? You know, like it just, it's, it, it is very funny when you think about this now. And, yeah. but we, 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 um, we ended up going back. I went to the original lab and, and, um, I said, you know, can, can we just try to innovate on flavor? Like what happens if you add organic flavors to the base product? And Cameron, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, it was April 8th, 2018. And I was in LA. So I moved you know, I, I knew enough to know that like, you know, Los Angeles is ground zero for brands to go incubate, especially the natural channel. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, we, a couple things happened. So right before we were going to launch just the one, just the one skew, no, just yeah. lemon, right? Lemon perfect was going to launch. And then what happened was the bottles came off the line. And when I looked at the packaging for the first time, I said, my God, this is not going to work. And it was a great learning for me. It's what something looks like on a computer screen or on a piece of paper is so different than what it's going to look like on the shelf. Definitely. And so what ended up happening was I called 40 investors and I said, hold on a second. We're not going to launch the product. I have to get our packaging right. And if you go back and you look at the original packaging, it looked like a medicine bottle. Um, and, uh, we ended up spending seven months redesigning the brand. And in that time is when Dan said we should expand our skew portfolio, our flavors. And so I went back to the original flavor lab and, uh, when I tried some of his samples for the first time, I was in a, I was still in our, we work in Manhattan beach. And it was one of those moments, Cameron, uh, it was the moment where I actually really thought that we could build a billion dollar because I said, my, so it was, the product was so good. Oh, we had the, he, he, Marty dropped off like 10 flavors. Yeah. I remember it was a hot day. I remember taking off my shirt and running around the WeWork like this. It was a Sunday <laughs> and you, I was yelling and screaming, pumping, like, come on, let's go. Like it was one of those moments. Yeah. And, uh, Man, that changed it for us, right? That was a, a, a big moment. And, you know, fast forward, we, we were in a cold chain environment. We ended up pivoting to a shelf-stable environment because, um, you know, I realized early on that uh, uh, cold chain delivery doesn't exist really at the big strategics. And then yeah. to go build the incrementality off, you know, off shelf, like big display activity. Definitely. You need to be shelf stable. And I wanted to build an organization that could go to fight every single day. Like that could roll up their sleeves, put on their bare knuckles and just go. And, uh, and that's what we're doing today. And so, um, yeah, that's a lot long answer, but, but there's Amazing. a lot to unpack. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm curious in the early days and evolving today, what are some of the main marketing strategies that Lemon Perfect use? I know you're an amazing storyteller. Uh, you shared earlier in this episode, uh, what are those marketing strategies that really made it effective for consumers to be convinced towards Lemon Perfect? 
So I think there are three things, right? Uh, and we're still trying to figure out our story behind the bottle, but here's what I'll say. In, in beverage for us, you have to have a great product, okay? Yeah. You have to have strong packaging and you have to have the right pricing architecture. Our best marketing is our trade investment, our retail execution, okay? Mm. So really sophisticated retail programming and best in class, retail execution. We get after it in the trenches every day, okay? Our barrier to entry or trial is really, really low, right? I was, I was just on the phone with the category manager at Publix who gave us our chance early on in grocery. Yeah. And we run, we run six BOGOs, buy one, get one free at Publix, okay, over the course of a year. So, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about over 40 days a year, the customer can walk into, or the consumer can walk into Publix and try us for $1, $1, make, wow. make, make a better for you decision, a better tasting decision versus the competitive category for a dollar. And then we clean that up with three for five for three weeks, right? So you're talking about 18 weeks at three for five. So 18 plus six, it's 24 weeks. It's half the year almost where our barrier to trial is really low. And so, and that's a sword that I've fallen on. I've said, like, we're, we're going to, we're going to be a little higher on trade. We're going to probably be a little lighter on brand marketing. Yeah. Because we're selling a beverage. We're still selling what's inside this bottle. People want to look good and they want to feel good and we can yeah. deliver both with this product. And so, 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 you know, that has been for us, our best marketing is our field sales investment is our retail strategy and our field sales investment. That's it. Now, yeah. for us to continue to grow our share of stomach story, we now have to go and figure out brand marketing. And that's the next step. We've got the distribution in place, 30,000 doors by the end of this year. We, 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 we can now go and really think about, really think about um, uh, how do we build a, a great brand, a cool brand yeah. behind the bottom. Incredible. Congratulations on such mass retail expansion in just a few amount of years. It's truly incredible. And to wrap up this episode, I'd like to conclude with, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, uh, something you've learned or maybe regret along the way, uh, what would that be? Um, I've got a few. Yeah. You know, uh, for anyone, uh, you know, so I'm a single founder. Mm -hmm. um, I think it helped decision-making early on. I'll say that. Uh, and then once you start hiring people, right? Like then they become like your co-founders without you having to give up the dilution. So yeah. uh, I've chosen to build my team, our team late, not early. Okay. So that's been very helpful because now I, I can, you know, I can take in more capital. I can hire more people because we, you know, I, I, I'm still in a great position. Yeah. A above that though, it's hard early and you just have to have great conviction in what you're building. Um, I know it, I know it sounds trite, but just waking up in the morning, doing a somersault out of bed and putting one foot in front of the other throughout the day, 
and then somehow finding your way back to the bed at night. Like that's, that's the game, yeah. right? Like that's, that's the game. I, you know, I, again, every business is different. I prioritize share of category or share of stomach for us more than gross margin points early. Right. And so now again, you, you gotta be able to raise capital. Yeah. You know, we've raised over $60 million. Right. And I've never had help. I mean, I've never hired anyone to help us. I've never given a point away or anything. Um, but I, I just believe that when you're building a business, uh, you can always take price late, but if you can't get people in early, hmm. you can't even get to your, you know, you can't get down the road. And so, you know, again, that's always been, that's been a sword that I've fallen on, um, is, is, uh, build great team, um, compress on margin early. Hmm make sure you have a path to get there right so for us like now we're in negotiations with our next the highest level of co-packer yep and uh i told the crazy story three years ago but now it's actually going to come true like it's going to happen I, I always said it's going to take 100 million dollars of capital to build a billion dollar business that's spitting out free cash flow and and we're going to get there billion dollar enterprise business right but call yeah. it a hundred million dollar net revenue business uh that's spinning out for cash flow that that is a valuable valuable business that will impact the world um and uh and so but again to answer your original question cameron um i think if you can do this on your own early and add employees that really in essence become like your co-founders hmm. uh and you're giving away 100 basis points instead of you know half the company on day one or a third of the, or two-thirds of the company on day one and then if you you know once you start man just keep going just 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 find a way to live another day um 100 there were multiple nights where i would call my mom crying um wanting to get out you know, the last thing I'll say, Cameron, is I was in such a dark place early on a couple of times that I almost I almost took myself out of the CEO chair and hired someone. Mm. I mean, I, I, I actually had an offer letter out. Yeah. And at the absolute midnight hour, I called the, the person I was going to handle hire and say, I, I, I can't do it. I'm going to continue to run the company. So, you know, everyone's got moments like that. If we had made that decision, there's probably lemon perfect pride doesn't exist today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they just got to You just got to be convicted in what you think you're building uh, or what you can build. Tune out the noise, put your head down, be willing to sacrifice, right? Like be willing to sacrifice because it ain't easy. Yep. But, you know, and then do something. The last thing I'll say, sorry, it's like nine parts of this answer <laughs> is if you're going to build something, it should be something that can become really big. Don't, mm. don't, don't build anything that, that can't impact a big number of people. Like yeah. believe that you can actually scale a business to, uh, to, to hundreds of millions of people. I mean, cause I think it just, it's more fun. For Not sure. that there aren't great businesses that have smaller impact than a niche businesses, but, but definitely I'm a big dreamer. Definitely hundred percent. Well, Yanni, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Lemon Perfect at lemonperfect.com. Cameron, thanks so much for having me. That was a lot of fun. 
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.